Hi, I'm Sheetal. Hi, I'm Srikant. We are your hosts. This podcast is about careers where we plan to take you through the essence of one career path every week. We bring to you people from different fields who have spent more than a decade in a career so that you can learn from their journeys. Sales are the lifeblood of any business. There is no business which does not require sales. So this is the career we will talk about today and we have our first guest Pooja Mathur. Pooja has been into sales throughout her 20 plus years of career. She's an engineer from uh, AMU and an MBA from Symbiosis. She's currently the country manager for Diligent Corporation and has worked with Salesforce, Oracle and Cadence before. Thank you Pooja for being on our show. There are a number of MBA students or people working in their initial years who want to build careers in sales. Whenever we hear sales targets and the stress of achieving those targets come to the mind. We would like to hear from you on your journey in your career. What exactly is sales as a job, as a career and as a role in an organization? Sure. Uh, thanks a lot uh, Shrikant and Sheetal for uh, inviting me on your show. And um, I'll be I'm very very honored to be speaking about uh, you know about my journey as a salesperson um and um, yeah you know sales is um, uh you know it could mean a lot of things uh, to a lot of people and you know anything whether how you view it it could be uh, you know a job just as you you know a, a source of money or a career where you know you are very very um, focused on uh, reaching a certain level in the organization and i believe as an individual and as a sales person i believe that you know sales is an integral part of our lifestyle right everybody is a sales person whichever department you are in you know in your relationships uh, in your personal life you are all selling you are all selling an image you are selling uh, an idea or you are you know even with your with your parents you are trying to sell them uh, you know how how to get something so it's an integral part of human relationships is you know that's that's sales so um well specifically for a profession right when you talk about a profession a sales person in an organization is the breadwinner for the organization they are the people who bring in the monies right uh, and there are various ways in which you can do sales in an organization um, there is inside sales where you are just working on developing the um, pipeline and you are reaching out to uh, to to cold clients uh, you could be um, you know uh, you, your your uh, product could be for a specific uh sector so you could be in the financial sector selling financial services you could be selling a product you could be selling hardware you could be selling to large enterprises you could be selling solutions so there are various ways in which you know um there are various roles in an organization uh, that that you can uh choose uh to be uh, in sales so uh, yeah that's uh, that's and it and it really depends on it's the skill set more or less the basic skill set is the same but you know the the uh, the steps or the the way you approach it might be a slightly different yeah and and when we do when you were doing your mba did you plan that you would build your career in sales <laughs> well honestly you know i mean i can speak for myself but um, you know when when you are in when you are in in a in a college and there are campus placements you apply for you know all uh, all companies that are coming by <clears throat> so and i had a dual specialization in finance and marketing so you know i could have very well landed up a, a, in an advertising firm 
or uh, you know as as a financial uh, services person but um, it was just that i got picked up for um, you know doing software sales uh, for um, you know for for cmc which is now tcs so not really um, you know in in college you are you're still confused about what you want to do you really don't know what your skill sets are um, but i was lucky in the sense that i landed up the job which i was good at and inherently um, you know i i did well so um, no i i didn't plan to be in sales wow but good for you that worked out very well for you pooja yes yes it did <laughs> So tell us a little bit more uh, from the you know beginning of your career about your first job. How was it like? What did you need to sell? How was the first day uh, looked like? You know, I I have been very very um, blessed and very lucky to have you know to have the first job that I did, to have the first bosses that I did, and as I mentioned, I was with CMC. um uh, which is now TCS and uh, CMC at that point of time uh, was the was it's it's a semi government organization selling software for um, uh, you know government departments and there was a in in I started work in Pune so there was a huge digitization drive by the Maharashtra government so essentially i started off in enterprise sales in that you know cotton court solution sales wherein because CMC developed bespoke software so um i remember uh, my first day at work was um my first day at work was uh, wherein i was required to fax because you know those days uh, emails were not so prevalent you know right. uh, underlining that i've been around for 20 years plus but uh, yeah uh, so i had to fax and i didn't know how to use a fax machine so i started from there and and just just you know on the aside somebody starting off you know we are not we are not really we don't really get the corner office and everything so you know you really start off with doing xerox and fax and you know um, reading up a, a little bit about the organization so that was my first day like and um, as i said uh, you know my bosses were very i had two one was uh, you know a technical boss and the other was the sales boss and they my managers were very very they were very strict on the surface but uh, you know they really taught me how to uh, you know uh, how to do the grind right how to get to um how to get to you know how how to be persistent with you know writing letters posting them because we had to write we had to physically type print and 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 post our letters instead of um sending emails um so you know with all the syntax you know how, how do you how do you write a letter what should be the content and so on and so forth so those were the, those were the first few months wherein i learned uh, how to approve and you know as i said again luckily i was the people that i used to approach used to be bureaucrats um they used to be senior people in the government who were responsible for the digitization drive they used to hold the budgets and uh, uh yeah i mean that's that's how i did uh, it it started from there and so it was literally solution sales because cmc didn't have a product so we used to go and develop bespoke software and we used to go and understand sit with the teams sit with the um, you know the, the junior people in the department and see how they work and then you know create or develop the software around that right uh i i was in cmc around that time frame it's uh, around really? that time frame also and uh, it used to be called coffee meals comfort that's yeah. what cmc used to stand for i thought 
I, I thought coffee milk coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what the comfort. But I was Pune. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, my sources from that time. I mean, we we still in touch. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I tell him that you know you taught me how to fax and how to write a letter and how to uh, you know <laughs> do all the basics. Yeah. And and how was it closing your first sale? It was awesome, actually, and it was you know I think um, it was in a sense it was not a small deal. It was a deal with the Department of Sports in in Maharashtra. So they had it, it was one of the two sports universities in the country. So we had to develop. <clears throat> the uh, the uh, package for them and uh, i remember um, we so i remember that uh, you know the, uh, the, the 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 client at that point of time he not only wanted cmc to um, to to develop the software but he also wanted us to be consultants for the hardware just so that you know he was he was in the clear about uh, you know not ha- you know so cmc as a government company is consulting on the hardware Uh, to be purchased so that responsibility also came on me and so i was involved in you know uh, writing the tender and publishing the advertisement in the newspaper collecting the tenders and you know collating it and so um, yeah it was pretty um, it was pretty exciting and uh, it was i think the deal size was about 70 to 80 lakhs um, which was you know just the software piece and uh, we had some additional um, uh, monies for the uh, consulting piece so that was quite a size sizable deal mm-hmm. and uh, i remember um, i remember it was uh, you know we had a little celebration and everything and it, it was it was it was a nice feeling yeah wow that must have been uh, you know really it's it's a good feeling to to close your first sale deal it's i think it goes down in the history <laughs> absolutely so so first was your so solution sales that you were into as you pointed out right and yeah bespoke yeah we didn't have a product so it was just software literally we used to go and understand the requirements and develop the software as per right. uh, you know the requirements that we've captured yeah right and and how did it change over the years did you remain in solution sale or did it move to product sale or services sales how did your ra- roles change in the in the later organizations yeah so um so that's that's an interesting question because you know at that point of time um software as a product was not really as prevalent you know i mean like we still you know the microsoft was still uh, the microsoft and oracles were still entering the country and um and and before uh, cmc you know we just had ibm uh, which which uh, leave the country so uh, we didn't really have so from cmc i went to uh, microland and um, microland again was in the services business uh, which was setting up uh, you know the um, networking uh, you know lans and vans um, and at that point of time you know pradeep kaur had come up with a new line of businesses which is consulting on isps um so you know actually i was selling uh, consultancy services for isps and and also a little bit of you know um the the lands and vans so again it was a service uh, so i continued selling services for some time uh, i was with niit again we had uh, it was selling the um, you know custom development software uh, in in belgium which was again a very unique experience and over a period of time i think after i came back from belgium i really moved into product uh, with uh, with cadence um 
so uh, but, but i feel that uh, you know it's it's always uh, even so even now and, and so it was services then it was products and now it's like software as a service so you know it is a product actually what what i'm selling today is a product but we just um, supply it as a service so um, it's 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 been a long it's been a, a, a gradual transformation also in the market also in the clients also the way software is consumed um and 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 that's been a, a result of i think a lot of automation plus uh, internet yeah yeah that's right so uh, you know you have experience in indian market as well as in uh, global market or shall i say european markets do you want to tell us a little bit more about that how is indian market different from i should say european market um well uh, you know um i wouldn't know about it about the difference in the market today but because i was in belgium like um, you know many many years ago uh but at that point of time uh when i uh, when i started selling in europe europe was still opening up to uh, offshoring and unlike the us you know they were very very europe traditionally has been very very nationalistic very uh you know about about keeping their uh, uh business within within the countries um but at that point of time because there was a lot of because the, their economy was also uh, slowing down and there was a lot of uh push about the reforms in the financial sector the banks were under a lot of pressure to cut cost as well as uh, incorporate the new norms um and that was a time so you know i had success uh, i had a lot of success actually in belgium uh and i think one of the main differences that i saw one of the main things that i saw was uh you know it's not even to do with sales it's the way they treat uh you know each other and we know that uh, you know europe is really really socialistic and i actually saw that uh when i even in in, in business right so uh the different one of the key key differences is in the way they uh way they respect uh you know um people whether they are vendors or they are from other professions and there is there is just a lot of inherent respect uh for time there is a respect for time uh and then uh, you know there is there is an anecdote that i love to tell is um uh i was still just a few months in the country and i had uh i had uh, got an appointment with the cio of toyota motor europe um and you know i really didn't know my way around nice to you know kind of google and find out what is the best way to reach um and also being very very new in my career i was very conscious of the money i spent so i didn't book a cab um so i had to change a couple of buses and uh, you know you know sheetal uh, that you know the, the office of toyota is right next to nato yeah. and bus dropped me there and i really didn't know which direction to start walking in uh, so whether you know the office was on the right hand side of nato or the left hand side of nato and unfortunately i started walking the opposite side and by the time i realized i only had a few minutes to go for the meeting um and so you know thinking quickly on my feet i quickly called the cio and i told him that i'm uh, i'm just going to take uh, five minutes you know i'm just going to take five minutes uh, more to reach your offices so i'm going to be five minutes late uh, and he said uh, sure if it's five minutes i'm fine uh, but anything more than that and we'll have to cancel Oops. um and i had you know luckily for me there was a there was a there was a cab stand right in front of nato which is unusual you know you really have to book a cab prior and so i took a cab for those 5 minutes i took a cab and i reached the office exactly on time so i think you know this is this is one of the main differences that even today after 20 years 
uh, you know, I'm when I'm when I'm going out for appointments, I feel that uh, that's that's one major difference. I feel is that uh, in India, the Indian Standard Time is you know the Indian Standard Time. <laughs> so you know, you could be half an hour late, and you can just you know very very quickly you know very 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 nicely you could just swing it on traffic and say oh there was a tra- there was traffic and you know the other person say no 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 it's fine it's fine you know you just walk <laughs> so um, so that was one major difference the other was uh, of course um, um you know the fact that otherwise the sales process more or less remained the same you know uh, people are people all over the world uh, but the, the cultural differences, you know, were, were, were there. The nuances were there while while I did business with Europeans and when I when I do business with Indians, it's just the cultural differences, yeah, and time uh, management being one of them. Okay. Indian stretchable time, right? <laughs> uh, just switching gears a little, right? So, what does a typical day of a salesperson look like? <laughs> Somebody on the field. Um, well, it really depends upon uh, the kind of product you are selling, um, and it really depends upon um, uh, you know what time of the where you are in your quarter, right? So, uh, typically for uh, uh, for for somebody who's selling, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's also the value of the sales, right? So, if you have a if you're selling a product which is smaller in value, and then you you obviously connect with a number of customers through the day. Uh, and if you're selling something which is, you know, you're selling a solution or it's a large deal that you're working on, uh, you know, then your customer interactions are more thought through. They are more strategic and, you know, you're you are actually deliberately c- connecting with different people, uh, the different stakeholders who could possibly influence the deal. So it, it really, you know, typically I believe that, you know, as a salesperson, you should start with, you know, who are the people that you want to connect with today? And how do you want to connect with them? So, you know, you could be sending them an email, you could be calling them up, or you could be also uh, traveling for a face-to-face meeting, right? So uh, it really depends. Um, But typically, for sure, the day of a salesperson should involve interactions with prospects and customers. And and what does a typical sales cycle look like? So how do you, uh, if if I ask you to, okay, divide it into various parts till the time it reaches the closure. So how do you uh, divide it amongst the, what does a sales cycle look like? So, uh, you know, the sales cycle is again, uh, so sales cycle could start from, you know, um, it it could start from the fact that you, um, you discover a lead, right? You qualify the lead. Uh, and and for me, uh, I think the 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 thing that most of us miss uh, miss or we most of us overlook the pa- fact is that you know you should spend a lot of time qualifying the lead. So uh, you know if I have to uh, tell you an analogy, you should spend a lot of time sharpening that axe, right, before you cut the tree. So it's it's qualification is akin to sharpening the axe because when you qualify, uh, you spend time in qualifying. You don't spend as much time in closing, right? And so typically, you know, at the towards the end of the quarter, when you have a commit deal and you say, oh my God, this deal is not coming in because X, Y, Z. And that that clearly points towards the fact that, you know, there was uh, something amiss in the qualification, 
So I think uh, as part of the sales cycle, a large percentage of your time should go towards qualifying. And it's not it's not a stage that it's not a definitive stage. You continue to qualify the deal uh, even as you move ahead. You know, at every stage you need to qualify uh, whether, you know, it should progress to the next stage or not. Right. Just because somebody, you know, the persona you're dealing with could be somebody who is very who has a need to be liked and is just saying yes for everything and is, is giving you false hopes. But you should be able to you know, connect with possibly more people or, you know, also cross question or uh, uh, throw in a spanner and say, you know, just to check if uh, if uh, uh, the person is a blocker or is is uh, really an influencer or is a driver. Um, and, and, and then, you know, so the, the qualification is really important. And actually, it's not a stage, it's a continuous process. And then, of course, comes the um, the solutioning piece wherein you really uh, try to uh, match uh, you know um, the requirements to your to your offerings, or in in some cases you actually create requirements for them to match your offerings, uh, and sometimes you just walk away and say you know this is this is a mismatch, and then of course comes the commercials, the negotiations, and then the paperwork. So uh, for me, the maximum time is spent in qualifying it, and then in in I also keep a lot of time for paperwork because uh, I know that uh, you know. Um, it takes time for uh, you know uh, for for them to put pen to the paper. So uh, otherwise, you know, the the rest of the stages, you know, if you've qualified them well, they move through quickly. Right, right. And you also hinted about uh, you know month end closing pressures and all that. Can you tell us a little more about that? And yeah. what does that pressure mean, really? So you know, I, actually, um, <clears throat> uh, I, I have been in a managerial position uh, myself. I've managed sales teams. But I think that that pressure is should be taken by the manager and not by the person on the field, uh, because if if you put a lot of pressure on the person who is interacting with the client, it comes through, right? It comes through uh, in your negotiations, and you tend to leave a lot on the table. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, the quarter pressures, month-end pressures, annual annual pressures are there. Uh, and uh, again, I I I keep bringing it back to how you qualify the deal because when you qualify the deal and when you're working through your relationship with your client you need one of the things that you need to put on the table is that you know uh, i'm giving you this so that's the negotiation but what i want from you is i want you to meet my timeline right and that's the that's very very integral to any negotiation and uh it's only a negotiation when you're getting something back from the client. Otherwise, uh, you're just giving, right? It's not a negotiation. So uh, I think that uh, that if that's taken care of in the early parts of the sales cycle, then <clears throat> meeting the 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 month end or the quarter end becomes uh, slightly easier. Of course, you know things happen, but uh, and I think mostly uh, a good sales manager will take that will 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 take that pressure off the field. And, and will take that pressure on himself or herself. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, though, though I would say it does get divided because the person on the field still has to, uh, you know, close it. The the manager can manager can probably help as much as possible and take the pressure of the numbers. Uh, but person on the ground does get, uh, you know, does get all the pressure. He knows that the numbers he has committed needs to get done. No, isn't it so? Yes, yes, of course, of course. I mean, sales, uh, you know, um, they say that, uh, you know, there is a very popular saying, which, you know, nobody's been able to 
uh, ratify as such. But, you know, they say sales is science and art. So that's the science part of sales, right? That's the science part of sales is that how do you ensure that, you know, the deal that you have committed comes on time? How do you ensure that the number you have forecasted comes on time? How do you ensure that, you know, how do you manage your pipeline so that you can meet your target? So that's the science part of it. The art, you know, sales being an art uh, is is the is the is is how you uh, go ahead and manage your relationships with the customer, right? How do you get them to see the human being and not as a salesperson and get them to see that you know how their signing this deal is going to impact you as an individual and that you should make them care you should make them care that you know if i don't sign this deal for puja she is going to be uh, you know uh, she's going to face some problems in her with her management right so you know you have to evoke that emotion in your client that if i don't sign this deal you know it's good for me uh, but it's it, of course it's good for the client and that, that's that's how he will he or she will sign it for you but you have to make them uh, make them feel that emotion uh, they should feel it for you and they should work internally they should be a champion they should work internally for you to overcome those hurdles and get you the document you want and that's the art part of it you know when the human emotions come into a, a picture that's the art part of the profession were very very well said puja very very well said uh, you know i totally uh, agree to that but uh, would you like to share some moments that you have gone through uh, or any kind of uh, uh, you know negotiation cycle which was hard for you any kind of moments you want to share with us and stressful moments yeah, as well <laughs> yes well you know without without taking any names and i you know i yeah um, uh, well you know and, and I think Sheetal was, uh, you know, Sheetal is my friend uh, as well. And and I was working on a deal and I had newly moved to Bangalore. Um, so it was a new environment for me. <clears throat> it was not a new company, but it was a new environment for me. And uh, there was this really big deal that that uh, was working for. It would have been the first of its kind for the company in India. And uh, we had absolutely new management um, and um, the client was in Delhi. I was in Bangalore, and so the, we had all these. We had they were they were, they were everything that you can think of was going against me um, in in that particular deal. Um, and uh, actually, uh, by uh, just some by by uh, you know just keeping my ears open, I figured out that uh, despite all that has happened in the deal. Uh, we were just working on it, and of course there was competition, and uh, and and uh, because of the circumstances of my movement to Bangalore, uh, the deal uh, actually went to a competitor, and uh, they had announced it. So basically, my struggle started from. Of course, you know the struggle was you know evaluations, getting resources to actually uh, technical resources to pursue it, and so there was those internal challenges, and then there was. Um, the news that I, which was not confirmed, of course, uh, but I sensed it because my champion or the person I was speaking with wasn't picking up my phone, uh, wasn't responding to my emails, wasn't responding to my manager's emails. So, um, and then from the, you know, from this, you know, just from the market, I, I heard a rumor that uh, they have closed. And so from that point of time, um, you know, I had to, I had to rebuild and I had to go back because the, 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 the one, another thing that I will say is that the deal is not lost till it's lost, right? The deal is not lost till the PO has gone out. Uh, so the PO had not gone out, but they had put it in their systems, right? They had put it in their systems for processing. 
for the approvals. And uh, we started from there and I just brought everybody together on the table internally. And I said, this is the news. And, you know, <laughs> my manager said, you know, I don't believe it because uh, we've just had a conversation at a very senior level and, and so and so forth. And so I had problems with my internal stakeholders because they didn't believe that we had lost the deal. Uh, but uh, luckily for me, you know, I found someone in the organization who stepped up to help me. He was not even from sales. He was from the support organization. And uh, we, you know, we started, we restarted the engagement. We brought in some new stakeholders from within. We reached out to new stakeholders from the client's organization. And, uh, you know, right from their having to withdraw the approval process in their systems to my receiving the PO, um, you know, it took about uh, three months. Um, but yeah, it was a stressful, it was very stressful um, because, you know, the word was out that Pooja has lost the deal. The word was out that Pooja might lose her job. <laughs> the word was out that, um, you know, she messed up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, so, uh, you know, without going into more details, I think one one thing that we all being in, in the corporate life for so long, we, we should be able to manage the internal uh politics and the internal stakeholders as well as you know the externals and you know sometimes I say I, I prefer to be in front of my clients because I feel that they watch out for me far more <laughs> than sometimes you know the organization itself so I mean I've always received that respect and that uh, uh, the, the support of my clients and so I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, just to just to say that, you know, that that was a stressful deal in which, you know, we had lost it in terms of even paperwork. They had started uh, the approvals within their systems and uh, <clears throat> we had to bring it back from there. And it was a half a million dollars plus, which was, uh, you know, the, the, the largest that uh, that was for that organization that I was working in. Wow. Wow. That, was, that must have been quite a deal. Quite stressful. Yes, we can. We can already feel the stress, Pooja. Also, <laughs> yeah. So, Pooja, if uh, you have to list down like some key characteristics required to be successful in sales as a career, what would they be? So, you know, I mean, <clears throat> as a human being, um, you know, for us, for any individual to be successful, the key traits are, you know, hard work, integrity, persistence, um. You know, and you, so those and, and likability, right? You know, you only are successful in any job if you're likable and if you're good at your job, right? And those are the same that appear, uh, apply to a salesperson. And, you know, the only thing more that I will add is that, um, you know, as a salesperson, you have to face rejection a lot. So if you are a thick skinned person uh, and, you know, somebody says no to you, um, if you're unable to, uh, you know, un unable to not take it professionally i mean personally so you you shouldn't have to have, take it personally uh, and you move on and say you know this is this is business right if he says no if he is rude to me or if he's um, uh, you know has, has gone ahead and, and signed up with competitors without you know even as a you know uh, informing me um, so those are the kind of things that um, you know a salesperson should be able to bear and then rise up from the ashes once again and, you know, every day is a new day. There is a new sunrise. There is a new prospect. 
uh, and there is a lot of business to be had. So I, I think that's the only difference. Otherwise, you know, everybody needs to go through the grind and, uh, you know, be hardworking, be persistent and, uh, uh, you know, have integrity in whatever you do. You should have integrity. And, you know, the, the, I read one question. I mean, there was something about a snakeskin oils person uh, or a car salesperson in the U.S. You know, those days are gone because inherently, you know, if you're that kind of a salesperson, nobody likes you, nobody trusts you. And however good a product you have, they will never buy from you. Because, um, you know, you, you do have to be likable and you do have to be honest. And people see that. People see, people can cut through BS in a second. That's true. You know, that, you know, those were the times, those were different times when uh, when salesperson was actually seen like a snake oil salesman, right? Yeah. But over years, that that image did change, that that image did change and customer at certain point in time became the center point. But but tell me one thing, you know, uh, it, it, it's of course, you know, the gear from sales as a profession to the sales as an industry where it's going, you know, it is like, uh, you know, now, as I see more and more software as a product uh, coming up and SaaS coming up, software as a service coming up and more and more, uh, you know, uh, the solutions being sold through marketing rather than as a salesperson. So how do you see sales as a career evolving over the years? So specifically for software, right? Uh, specifically for software, yeah. uh, it is it is undergone a huge change, uh, and uh, even um, even otherwise, I mean, you have all these, uh, you know, the the uh, online uh, uh, online portals wherein you know you can swipe your card and you can buy the product from there. Right. But right. I have seen that you know that for low value products, you know, that works. Right, wherein you know you just you you have to maybe uh, you know buy uh, you know you know small value things like soaps and things like that. You would still swipe a card and and, and buy your product, right? Or if you're buying a you know a subscription for um, Netflix or something, you really don't require a Netflix person to come and sell it to you, right? So those are the low value deals that you know um, don't require a human interface, and you know you can just. Uh, swipe a card and 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 buy it off the net, uh, and so as I said, the internet has really revolutionized the way uh, sales is being done, uh, and even for software, right? Software as a service, so low value uh, pro- uh, subscriptions are still bought off the net. So even companies like Salesforce, etc., you know, for uh, you know for a Salesforce Lite or for four or five car cl- uh, users, you can just swipe your card and you can uh, get the subscription. You really don't need, uh, uh, you know, a salesperson. But they do have a Salesforce, right? They do have a Salesforce because large enterprise deals still require the human face, right? Businesses still don't buy off the internet. They don't swipe a card. Similarly, at the retail level, you will not buy a car by swiping your card. You will still go to the dealer. You know, you will still take a test drive. You will still uh, ask a lot of questions. Of course, you can come and do your homework on the internet, but you will still deal with a salesperson or the dealership to buy a car. Whereas, you know, a phone or, a, you know, your, uh, you know, health and hygiene products, you might still swipe your card and, you know, buy it off uh, one of those uh, uh, you know the Amazons or the Flipkarts. So I think uh, you know, but I personally feel that um, while buying, if it if it's a new product in the market, if it is a new, uh, I if it's a new solution or if it's on if it's you know, that requires a human being to come and explain and 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 also if it's a larger value, uh, that requires you know a human interface because people 
buy from people you know uh, and they do require that reassurance they do require that you know they 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 want to hear some things about the product and uh, you know so they if if a human being comes and says those things then they get convinced in their own mind so right now the profile of the client has changed a lot so so earlier as a sales person your responsibility was to educate them about your product right so now the education happens on the internet right mm-hmm. if you're buying a car you will already know what are the different variables models out there you know the diesel or the petrol or you know which one is what market share which car has got and so and so forth but when you go and you you maybe you shortlist a few cars and then you go and try to buy a car uh, and then you will want to hear what the salesperson wants you know wants to tell you is if he understands you know what exactly is it like prestige you're buying this car for prestige or you're buying it for fuel efficiency or whatever so you know he if he understands that that this guy has come here for buying this car and he's looking at a car in this range but even if you're buying a luxury car there could be somebody who's looking for fuel efficiency as well as uh, a luxurious car right so you have to get that uh, assessment of the client right so the role of a salesperson is not to educate the clients about the product now it is to go uh, go back and make them you know like you know just um, convince them or reassure them that whatever they are thinking about the product is right and whatever they are you know whatever they are going for is the right choice because it meets the requirement so you in a way it's the the role has changed a little bit it is not about educating at all that's right i i i agree so it's not like that you have built it and they will come it does not happen like that sales people uh will continue to be there but of course the role will has changed and uh, may change over years as well as it as it goes if i say changed from uh, being a sales uh, you know educating them about you know this is what it does to being a facilitator right you facilitate them to make the right choice um, that's what it's changed to right and and talking about roles what are the different types of roles available in the sales organization <clears throat> um so uh, you know as i said like in my my individual opinion i think everybody in the organization is a sales person you so you know you're either selling to a client or you have internal clients so a finance guy a finance person uh, has uh, has uh, his uh, co-, co colleagues as clients right so um or the marketing team has the sales team as clients so uh, so so you know you are all, so every uh, every role in a way is a sales role but in the traditional bread earner role you can have inside sales wherein you know you are doing telecalling and you are uh, you could be either building up a pipe for your uh, field sales people or you could be doing uh, you know uh, telephonic sales as well you know selling trying to sell them on the phone uh, or it could be uh, you know i think even the marketing team now digital uh, has a huge impact so for certain organ- for certain products uh, you know you don't really have field sales because it's just you know the cost is is too much so you you have a digital strategy and so you have to have sales people in your digital uh, team to uh, to strategize as to how to uh, reach the right audience uh, so you have and and then of course you have uh, you know account managers so sales is again you can have hunters who are going after new clients and or you can have farmers who are going after existing accounts and and selling more to the same accounts um so it, it depends it depends you, you how how what is the sales strategy in the organization will define what are the roles in that organization 
So, and um, as a career, if I have to talk about sales as a career, so uh, can you tell us a little bit? You you did talk about this uh, a bit here on inside sales and uh, you know hunter and farmer role. Are there other roles as well as a, 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 available? So, if somebody is going for an interview, what kind of roles he can actually uh, you know uh, is possible for them to hear about? So, uh, or what are the possible roles that I can ask questions on? What is the kind of role the company has? So, how would you like to tell the listeners a little bit more on the possibility of the roles as in the sales as a career? See, uh, for someone who's starting off new, right? Yeah. Uh, for someone who's starting off new, again, um, and it's also personality type, right? Some people don't like travel, so they would prefer a, a telesales role. Um, and so they can uh, they can go for that. So there are there are a lot of there. Are, in fact, there are businesses built around telesales, right? So there are people who are doing telesales for other businesses. So you know there are organizations what with what we very uh, you know I, I don't really like to use that word, but the call centers or the the, the BPOs, right? That's what they do is they uh, they they outsource the process of building pipe for another organization so mm-hmm. it could be so depends upon the organization that you're interviewing and if you're going for a sales role you should understand you know not just about the role but i think uh, for for uh, and and these days information is so easily available you should be able to see what is the vision of the company what are the uh, what is their target market what kind of uh, customers do they currently have what kind of um, you know if they have multiple product lines which is the product line which is doing well which is the product line which is not doing well and why and all these things are there in the annual report so if you're going for an interview you know you must understand the role uh, of course what is there in in the description for which you're going and as i said it could be telesales it could be you know um, it, it could be you could be put under a senior sales person just to shadow him and just to you know or it could be they have divided it into um, smbs mid market and and enterprise and they are probably taking you for the smb segment so it really depends on whether it's solutions it's products it's software as a service it is financial services that you are selling it is um, uh, you know or or you're working in one of those fmcgs wherein it's more of uh, you know marketing you know that that you are required to uh, look at uh, you know the product packaging promotions price so you could be in that that segment as well so it really depends on the company it depends upon the role you're called for there are many 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 sales roles in an organization the roles vary you should not go by designation uh, but um, but 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 what the role entails you to do and uh, one of the things also you should see is that you should also look at your own uh, of course you know as i said I, i i didn't do that we were very naive so many years back we we didn't have access to so much of information but a little bit of introspection about what kind of personality you have and uh, you know whether you would like to take um, and sales does involve travel even if it is not uh, you know uh, It, it does involve meeting clients, so your clients could be in the same city, in the same country, or um, you know uh, wherever. Uh, but it does involve travel, uh, and and you should be able to, uh, you should know for yourself whether you like to do that or not. For somebody who doesn't like traveling, you know you can still do sales. You can have a a, a tele sales role. Uh, for somebody who doesn't like meeting new people, again, tele sales is a good option. for somebody who likes meeting people and likes likes going out then you know of course you should uh, uh, you should go for uh, a field sales job 
understand. I, and Pooja, I'm sure in, in your career, you have hired uh, multiple salespeople. So are there some things that you specifically look for when you are hiring uh, for sales? Yes. Uh, so the, the, the thing that I hire for is attitude uh, because skills, uh, product knowledge, knowledge about the company, this can be taught. Uh, but I think the most important thing when you hire a person in any in any role, right, uh, let alone sales, is, is attitude. Uh, because that's something, if you come with a closed attitude, uh, you know, um, it, it, it shows through in the interview. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, um, that's that's a positive attitude is is something that I always look for. Great, uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, it was it was such a nice to have you on the show, Pooja. Any closing remarks you want to make for our listeners? That you know, um, we we learned a lot from you today. But is there anything you want to close the show with? Um. So. You know, I just want to say that, um, you know, uh, sales is a very rewarding profession um, because uh, it's not just the money, because, of course, you know, in, in the, the way with sales, one of the things is that, you know, if you if you really do well, there is no limit to what you can earn because your accelerators kick in um, and, you know, your 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 incentives are based on how much you close. So uh, so the variable pay is really there is no upper limit. But uh, what I what I really want to say is that one of the most rewarding things about my career in sales is that I have met some really wonderful people. And, uh, you know, in the course of doing business, whether I ended up doing business with them or not was immaterial. But I think over the course I have met, you know, whether they were in Europe or whether they were my colleagues or whether, uh, you know, my clients in India um, I mean, I still am in touch with some of my clients from 20 years ago and we've become friends now, right? So we did business, I did business with them 20 years ago, but the relationship was uh, was cemented, you know, again, based on the basic principles of honesty, integrity uh, and, and, and positive attitude. So it's a very rewarding profession. Uh, it, you get to meet a lot of people, all kinds of people. Uh, and, and also, uh, if you have the knack for it, uh, if you're hardworking, uh, you know, you will also do very, very well. So all the best for your audience. Uh, thank you so much, Pooja. Thank you so much, Pooja. It was absolutely a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, uh, Shrikant and Sheetal. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. If any of you would like to reach out to Pooja for any career advice, you can reach out to her on her LinkedIn. We will add her LinkedIn uh, profile to the show notes itself. And if you would like us to cover anything specific, feel free to reach out to us at careers at hash.fyi. That's spelled C-A-R-E-E-R-Z at hash, H-A-S-H dot F-Y-I. The email address is also in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you.